In this episode, I am going to review five tips for journaling. If you're new to journaling, stuck on journaling, or just kind of need a different take, this one might be for you. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who is obsessed with the polyvagal theory and helping you to get unstuck. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. I am on justinlmft.com in my blog, and I have a blog here called Five Tips for Journaling that I thought I'd bring up. I'm not going to read it directly, but I'm going to use it basically as an outline and uh, go from that. So, But if you prefer to read, then I do have a blog called Five Tips for Journaling. I'll have a link in the description to it as well. Journaling's become uh, one of my, my main ways to self-reflect and to grow and to feel more anchored in my own state and pathways of ventral vagal safe and social activation. I use journaling to gain new insight and to self-regulate as well. I have found it to be really helpful for when I'm in more of a defensive energy and I've lost access to my, uh, my state of safety. If you're taking my Building Safety Anchors course, uh, journaling I think would probably fall into the cognitive anchors. Cognitive anchors are one of the modules, one of the six uh, anchoring modules that that the participants learn about. So I think this would probably fall into cognitive. Journaling is obviously a lot more than just thoughts, than just cognitions, but I think that would probably be where it falls. So if you're taking the course, that would probably be where journaling falls in. Also stick around after the five points here because Mercedes joins me real quick and we're going to read a message that we got uh, as a follow-up to a previous episode. Okay, tip number one is to alternate your speed. I think when we think about journaling, we have this image of someone with a you know, leather-bound, uh, lined book and they are sipping tea. It's a very slow-paced, curled-up blanket experience. And it, it could be that, but Journaling can also be like fast and furious. It can be a mess. It can be scribbles. It's completely okay to be furious and let your fury out through journaling. It's okay to be fast. It's okay to feel anxiety. It's okay to utilize the speed of journaling. When I'm in more of an anxious flight fight energy, journaling in full sentences at a slow speed and making sure my handwriting looks beautiful, that <laughs> doesn't work for me. So I let myself go nuts. I, I scribble. I make a mess of it. And sometimes it's not even words, it's just uh, abstract lines. And it's simply a matter of, of allowing that flight fight energy to kind of come out to discharge. So allow your feelings to dictate and to come through in whatever speed that you're using to journal. If you're in a shutdown state, it might be slower, right? That makes sense. You're journaling, it might not have a whole lot of energy to it, just like being in a shutdown state doesn't really have a whole lot of energy to it. And you might not journal a whole lot. The amount that you produce, which in and of itself isn't super important, but the amount that you produce in your journaling, the amount of words you use or amount of pages or amount of bullet points, whatever it is, it might be kind of minimal. It might, might not be a whole lot when you step back and look at what you've written. It might not be a whole lot. And really, when it comes down to being in a shutdown state, simply sitting in silence and breathing and then journaling, it might be a better idea versus like just simply jumping to the journaling. So just sitting and breathing and, and reorienting yourself to the environment and then journaling from your shutdown energy or lack of energy, that might be even a better idea. When you're in a sympathetic flight fight state, your journaling might be faster, of course. You might feel that impulse to move faster, to write faster, to sketch faster if you want to sketch in there instead of write. 
I find that when I'm in more, again, that more of that sympathetic flight fight energy, that I tend to start scribbling and just really kind of like rapidly, it's this sort of like mind dump. I just, it's in, and usually it's in paraphrases or in words, and it's in bullet points, but I'm just trying to get stuff out as fast as I possibly can. And it's um, like bang, 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 bang. It's not really these flushed out thoughts. And I really allow myself to utilize the movement of the flight by energy just through my hand or my wrist or even from my shoulder to utilize the whole arm to, to write. When you're in the flight fight state, the movement is probably more important than what's on the paper. So I, I really think that the movement of journaling is essential to the discharge of the energy that comes from, you know, with, with the, from that flight fight energy. And we'll, I'll have more about this later on. But remember, be mindful of the experience of journaling. Be mindful of the speed that you're working at and the feelings that are underneath it. So really allow yourself to experience it. Don't just do it. Mindfully experience it as you're scribbling furiously or as you're slowly writing or slowly doodling whatever it is that you're doing. Tip number two is to journal from your feelings. Your thoughts, um, your images, your memories, these are all going to be extremely important, very instrumental to the process of journaling as well. And so really it's kind of the marriage of all of these things. And I'll have more on this in a little bit as well, but it's the marriage of all of these pieces, the feelings, memories, images, your thoughts, and even your somatic sensations. But your feelings could very well be your starting point. Like there might be one feeling that you're really just kind of stuck on and that's where you're going to start from. or even a feeling that pops up a lot for you in different contexts, or maybe a feeling that has come up for you that you've noticed, like you've talked about in therapy. And this, this feeling keeps coming up. So you might want to journal from that. Or even whatever feeling you're feeling in that moment that is just kind of too much and you want to pull from that and begin your journaling. Sadness, uh, that might be a feeling that would bring you some heaviness or even emptiness. Anxiety is one that you might keep you distracted and more revved up, the engine's going. Anger might be a feeling that would feel aggressive and there'd be, like, be a lot of blame toward others or a focus on others. So take these feelings and the exper experiences and bring them to your journaling. But that means you have to give yourself permission to have those feelings in the first place. The point here is not to get rid of them, it's to actually feel them and then journal from them. So you, you give yourself permission and then externalize them into the journal. It's like you're really kind of giving yourself permission for these feelings to be felt and then to become real. Tip number three, again, I call it the marriage of experiences. So allow yourself to alternate and fluctuate between and amongst the marriage of experience. So among the thoughts, the feelings, the memories, the somatic sensations, and even these sort of spiritual feelings you might have that com might come up for you. Allow yourself to alternate and fluctuate between these. Because really when you utilize all of these, you're really tapping into the more complete version of you. You're not just your feelings. You're not just your thoughts. You're not just the somatic stuff or the memories or the spiritual feeling. You're all of these things put together. And maybe, maybe even more I'm not remembering or or listing right now. Cognitions are just one aspect of you. The words on the page that come from your brain are just one aspect of you. 
But cognitions come from a polyvagal state, right? A story follow state, just like Deb Dana says. And so do your feelings, and so do your somatic sensations. And maybe even your spiritual experiences in that moment as well. All of these things are potentially a reflection of whatever polyvagal state that you're in. So as you feel into and experience these different pieces, these marriage of experiences, you're really bringing mindfulness to the experience of your polyvagal state. You're making it conscious. And this mindfulness is going to allow your autonomic nervous system to begin to climb back up the polyvagal ladder and hopefully back into a state of safety and social connection, or at least closer to it. But simply simply bringing your attention to these experiences actually helps them to discharge some of that synthetic energy or allow it to return and come out of a shutdown. But it actually helps to discharge it a little bit at a time, simply being mindful and feeling and allowing the experience of these things. Tip number four is to focus on the process versus the outcome. I had a mini, mini bonus episode for the podcast here not too long ago that talks a little bit more about that. But the importance is in the process, not in the outcome of what's on the paper. Journaling is similar, but it's different than you know creating something like a short story or some sort of illustration that you want to show the people maybe. It's similar, but it's not the same. These are all creative expressions. And the process of creation is extremely important in all of these. But when it comes to journaling, there is no end goal in mind. It's not like you're creating a product. It's not like you're submitting this to other people to view it or judge it. It's really just for you, right? I mean, of course, you could show other people, but no one needs to see it. It's just for you. So the process is what's important, not the outcome of the journaling. Journaling is about noticing and allowing. It's not about judgment. It's not about evaluation. Those things come from sympathetic energy. And ideally, you want to have enough anchoring in your safe and social state to really be curious about the unfolding process of journaling, to to really notice the experience of journaling. You want to witness it in a way. It's, again, not a product that you're creating that's supposed to be viewed or judged by others. Even That includes uh, yourself. And if you do, what you're inherently doing is judging yourself. If you're coming at this from an evaluative, product-based uh, viewpoint, you're judging yourself. You're judging the feelings you have. You're judging the sensations, the thoughts. You're, you're judging all of those things. Hopefully, when you journal, it comes from an honest reflection of you. It comes from being in the present moment and being brutally honest uh, to yourself as much as you can handle That honesty, it really requires you to be curious about what's inside of you. It requires that you be genuinely interested and have some love for yourself as well, I think. And if you don't have all those things, then you can work to those things through, through journaling. The process is more important than the outcome. So focus on the process. Focus on the shifts that are happening within you. Focus on the speed. That's part of the process. Focus on what feelings and what memories or images or thoughts are arising within you as you journal. Notice what new stuff comes up for you as you peel back these layers of thoughts and feelings and memories. 
notice what comes up within you, what, what you peel back and bind as you are in the present moment through your journaling. My course, Building Safety Anchors, can actually teach you other ways to come to the present moment as well. I call it being anchored in the present moment, being anchored in ventral vagal activation, which is the top of your polyvagal ladder, the, those biological pathways that are responsible for safety and for social engagement. There, there's other possible anchors that you could be using to become more in the present moment. And the course teaches you about those. And I have five other ones. So there's memories is one of them, the environment, music, uh, body, the body movements, sensory and cognitions. So there, there's six different avenues that I teach you about and guide you day by day in small doses for 30 days on how to practice these things and to how to identify what works for you and what brings you the present moment. It's, again, it's called Building Safety Anchors, and I'm going to have a link in the description. And number five, the last tip I have for you, don't use a journal. Wh whoever said that uh, journaling needs to be done in a journal? Yeah, it sounds like a dumb question maybe, but I don't think it has to be done in a journal. Yes, journals can be really fun to use. Uh, I love just checking out journals when I go to Target or wherever else. I just like to hold them and flip through them. I don't know. It does something for me. They're cool. Journals are cool, right? Especially sketchbooks. I love sketch. I'm, I'm an artist. I like to draw and sketch. Sketchbooks are super cool for me. And I don't know. There's something about them that's just kind of calming. But I don't think journaling needs to be limited to a thing that was created for journaling. You could journal on a plain piece of paper and throw it away when you're done. It could be typed into a Google Doc. Um, I like to use OneNote on my, I have a Surface Pro 7, and I like to use OneNote on it. It's a Microsoft thing. Using that gives me some room to like play with more colors and line weights. And I could probably do the same thing with paper, but I don't know. I, li I like the digital aspect of it. And I like to use the, I have a Surface Pen. It's kind of cool. But that feels right for me now. I used to use paper in a traditional notebook with a normal pen. But uh, this feels right for me now. But um, let's go a step further. Why does journaling have to be written? Why not just speak your thoughts into a voice recorder? Or could you use some sort of uh, microphone dictation in a, in a Word document? I think different Word documents uh, allow you to, to dictate, and they actually have a spoken word, which then gets transcribed onto the, the, the document. So that way you could actually not you could actually utilize your energy to, through your voice, and I think that that might be a more powerful way of journaling, especially if if you feel comfortable doing that. If using your voice is a way that you feel comfortable with expressing yourself, then recording yourself or using some sort of dictation app or document thing that might be the best way for you to to utilize your energy through your voice, and but also see it written on a on a uh, screen. So I don't know, maybe that's not journaling, but I think it, I think it counts still. The point here I think is it's just that journaling doesn't have to look a certain way or be in a certain thing. Uh you you do just kind of what feels right for you and feels right for your needs. I think it's important to challenge yourself. So even if journaling's a little bit uncomfortable, maybe it's something you can sit with and do a little bit of experiment with it. I think it's important to challenge yourself, but I think ultimately you, f you figure out what form of journaling works best for you and, and 
use that, like tap into that as a po- uh, positive or a strength or a potential avenue for growth. I think it's more important than uh, just trying something that feels uncomfortable just to do it. Okay, Mercedes is joining me for uh, just this email that I got from someone. I'm gonna leave, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna say her name, okay. um, but she is from Chicago. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to say her name for this one. The Windy City. And the is that yeah, the Windy City. Yeah. So Mercedes, thank you for joining me for this email. Yes, of this has to do. This has to do with um, the episode we recorded called uh, "About Mood" by Twenty Four K Golden. It was the oh the song the, the yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this person wrote, and she said, "Hi, Justin." And I'm assuming you as well. A friend recommended your <laughs> podcast to me and I wanted to thank you for putting this content out. Okay. It's informative and your, vo- your tone and voice are very understanding and kind. It's been soothing to listen to you while I'm walking. Nice. Now this pertains to us here. Okay. You she just said, had to get I, that part in there first. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You, have, you do have a soothing voice. So I'm oh, just well, going to but, but yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. She says, I really appreciated your recent podcast, Analyzing Lyrics. I had never heard the song before, but the words were ones I had heard from my ex-boyfriend. Do you remember the the song and I, the... I don't... Yeah, I don't remember the exact words, but I remember the tone of it being very... Um, an unhealthy dynamic in a relationship. Yeah. And that was one of the themes that we had picked up was, was that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she said that I had never heard the song before, but the words were ones I had heard from my ex-boyfriend. We ended our relationship because I felt... Our relationship was toxic and bad for both of our mental health. The way you analyzed the lyrics and explained made me feel better about hearing those words in my last relationship. I often felt confused by the mixed messages, but with time I realized his anger and distance says more about him than me. And then she says, um, as for the I'm not your dad lyric, in my experience my ex would say this because my dad left me when I was a child and he would throw it in my face that I have a fear of abandonment. So that line in particular mm-hmm. for her resonated. And that was one that we both kind of had picked up on. Like there's, this is toxic to yeah. to say the least. There's something to that. Yeah. And she says, thank you for the podcast. I'll continue listening in Chicago. So I thought that was kind of cool that um, the stuff we had picked up on, I was really hoping that someone would hear that and identify with the themes mm-hmm. that we were picking up on and have a similar take to it. And so it's, for me, it's it's nice to see someone and see their name and read their words and be like, okay, that impacted someone in particular who knew or experienced things that we were talking about. Yeah, you that know? is very cool. I feel badly that I don't remember the exact lyrics that she's referring to. I, I do remember the gist of it, um, but I am touched as always that the content that you put out and that I have helped to put out in the past, I'm always touched when that affects somebody in a... Yeah. In a positive way, or I don't know if positive is exactly the right word right now, but in a in a helpful way. If it helps them yeah. kind of move through something or figure something out for themselves, I'm always yeah. really honored to be a tiny part of that for someone. So I'm I'm glad that we reached out and that you know she felt that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's exactly it. Is to know that there's a real person out there that this connects with. When I get those emails or DMs from people, it, like it means so much to to know that we're not just talking to ourselves or. I am to myself and then putting it out in the world. Right. Yeah, it means a lot. Thank you, Mercedes, for coming back. For of this course. Snippet. Anytime, right. Justin. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that it did benefit you in your journaling practice. Feel free to reach out to me. It's justinlmft at gmail.com. I, I love to hear from people that listen to the podcast or read the blog or whatever. 
And uh, no, I'm not too busy. I, I do read absolutely everything I get. I can't guarantee a response, but I'd love to hear from people. So justinlmft at gmail.com.